Welcome to episode two of Life in the Time of Corona, a podcast exploring the many ways to stay healthy and sane in these strange times. I'm Dr. Saul Rosenthal, a developmental and clinical health psychologist. One of the biggest challenges that many of us are facing is parenting our children when we're all stuck together at home. I'm very excited to talk with today's guest, Dr. Roseanne Kapana-Hodge. Dr. Kapana-Hodge is the founder and director of Dr. Roseanne and Associates. She is absolutely a thought leader in integrative and pediatric mental health care and has helped thousands of children and their families by spearheading innovative and holistic approaches to many difficult conditions. Dr. Kapana-Hodge has shared her expertise in articles, books, presentations, and many media outlets. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for this important conversation because parents are inside with their kids and they're feeling a lot of things, including frustrated. Some are excited because there actually are some people kind of rocking this quarantine thing, but a lot of parents are feeling low on their resources right now. So this is a great conversation. Just to put it in context, uh, as of today, the U.S. has over 18,000 confirmed deaths from the coronavirus. Uh, here in Massachusetts, we've got over 20,000 confirmed cases. Uh, how are things where you are in Connecticut? Yeah, so we're on the border of Connecticut, uh, of New York, I should say. And so we're in the hotbed area. We're really a suburb of New York City. You know, it is, um, things are difficult. I mean, people are staying inside um, the roads and the stores and everything are virtually empty, which is great. Um, but there, there have been many impacted people. I have friends that have had it. Um, I have had friends lose parents from, um, COVID-19 and, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's a hard time for a lot of people and a lot of businesses. Absolutely. Um, for yourself, what are some of the biggest changes that you've gone through? Well, I think the biggest change that I've gone through is that I was traveling all over the place, uh, doing media and going to conferences and doing speaking engagements, and that completely stopped. So they're they're mostly virtual at this point. And then, you know, I'm just not, uh, we're doing virtual appointments, virtual psychotherapy, but a lot of what our center in Ridgefield, Connecticut does is neurofeedback and biofeedback. And we primarily do that in person. There are a few people that we do it remotely with that have their own equipment. Um, So I'm not seeing people on a day-to-day basis and really missing my clients because they're a lot of fun. And and how about your clients? What what are they talking about as their biggest challenges right now? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest challenge is uh, we're going to do a Facebook group uh, next week. So this will be over called the Chill Challenge because really what I'm noticing for people is they're stressed. There's a fear of uncertainty and feeling of overwhelmed, but really parenting challenges. I think parents are, you know, not sure how to parent during this time. They're forced with managing schooling with their kids while most of my families are working and they're working from home at the same time, including myself. Um, working at the same time, but I already had one child who was being homeschooled um, due to Lyme disease at different points. We've homeschooled him. And then my younger child is homeschooling. Uh, But I'm very fortunate because he went to a private school and many private schools have chosen to do Zoom classroom. So he really is fully engaged for 
you know, six hours during the day. <laughs> um, so we're working together. He has his own office and I have my office because we go to work um, just and we're able to get through it. And, uh, you know, it presented with some challenges on the first few days. And we're very lucky to have a routine. And he's the kind of kid where he really thrives, as all kids do in routine. Um, and that's one of my biggest tips for parents is like to just create structure and routine the best they can. Um, and so we figured that out and what he needed. And he's very, very vocal about what he needs, which is great for us. But even if your kid isn't vocal about what they need, you can watch for signs. You know, so <clears throat> great example was his name is Giancarlo, my nine year old. He's practically famous at this point. And Giancarlo was talking to us prior to the start of, you know, actually doing these lessons online. And I asked him a question like, okay, on the second day, do you still need an adult sitting next to you the whole time? And he turned his head and he said, no, I don't. And I said, hmm, I'm not really too sure that's really the case. And he said, well you know, do you think you could be there for half day? And I said, I'll be there whenever you want. Like, you you know, let's just work it out. And, you know, you could just see a difference in him. He looked up, he was smiling. Um, so really paying attention to your child's um, body language when they're talking to you is always important. But during this time now, when we're all feeling a lot of stress, it's a great way to really gauge what's going on with your kid. So paying attention to their, their, not just what they're saying, but how mm -hmm. they're saying it. And what are some of the things that parents might notice in their kids today, given all of these changes we're all going through? Yeah. So um, I think across the developmental spectrum, you're going to notice some kids may be in general more anxious. Um, they may potentially have some sleep problems. I think kids are missing their friends, especially if, um, like in my case, my kids are five and a half years apart. So we, we do come together as a family. I think kids are feeling bored. Uh, and, you know, and then depending on the structure that you have in place, they may be struggling more or less. If somebody's putting too much structure in place or not enough, it can create the same kind of feelings, communication issues. But within that developmental spectrum, I think younger kids are just going with it, right? If you have activities, they tend to not show stress in the same way um, in this current situation. But in all groups, if somebody had pre-existing anxiety, depression, OCD, whatever mental health issue or a physical problem, you really want to be extra mindful. And now is not a time to discontinue with your child's therapist or a family therapist, you're going to need it more than ever. And thankfully, pretty much 90% of therapists have quickly learned how to do secure virtual therapies. You know, middle schoolers and high schoolers who have much more of an awareness about what is going on, maybe vocalizing. So, you know, we were in the car um, driving to my office, right, just us. And <clears throat> my nephew who worked for me, we were talking and, you know, uh, unfortunately, uh, one of our office staff, her father-in-law died from COVID. And so he was an elderly gentleman, you know, like the classic, you know, um, most common person to pass from the lung-related issues. 
And my little guy just quickly vocalized like, hey, I don't want to talk about this anymore. This is really kind of scaring me. Now, again, I'm really lucky. He talks like this. He's a therapist kid, but (laughs) he came out of the womb like this, right? Mm -hmm. So those people that are listening and have kids like this, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Because my other kid wouldn't do this. My other kid would show behaviors. So I was like, okay, you know, so I was like, just so you know, you know, I reassured, I, you know, really important to reassure. But your teenagers and your older kids, minus my 57-year-old, nine-year-old, they're going to tell you things. They may withdraw, you know, teenagers who already naturally want to differentiate and pull away from you. They uh, may be doing more of that. So those are those kind of things. My best advice for all kids of every age as a parent is they talk more when they're doing physical things whether that's physical activities or movement of any kind or a board game and or a card game, playing a lot of Uno in the Hodge household. Love Uno. Going to whip out Connect Four today. I love Connect Four. It's my all-time favorite. So when you're doing things and you're around each other and there's a physical component and you're not like, hey, we're sitting down and we're going to talk about your feelings about you know people dying and thousands of people sick. That's just typically not the best way to approach things, right? For most kids. Some kids you can, right? But do some activity and let the conversation flow. And again, when you are talking to them, pay attention to their body language, what they're showing you. That means you've got to put your phone down. Um, We're a little overly tied to technology, but we'll talk about that. And, uh, you know, like just have conversations and see what comes up. But, you know, kids show of all ages, they show it with physical signs, sleep, as I mentioned, stomach aches, pulling, pulling away behaviorally, you might have emotional outbursts, uh, just a variety of things. So pay attention to those. And what I always do is I say, hey, I'm stressed out, too. It sounds like you're, you know, feeling a little off right now. Is there something I can do for you? Because usually that's really important, especially for teenagers. You don't want to create something that's going to give them a defensiveness. Right. So you want to be honest with them in in a developmentally appropriate way. I've noticed with some of my uh, teenage clients, but also my own teenagers, 14, when I'm talking with with them, looking at them is actually not a great thing to do, looking them in the eye. Uh, I find that a lot of my best conversations are actually when we're either doing something side by side or I'm not looking sort of straight at them. Uh, and I think that's that maybe related to what you, were, what you were talking about, that you often have better conversations with with younger kids and teenagers when you're doing something. A hundred percent. And, you know, some of my best conversations are in the car. You know, my, my again, being the therapist kid, I, I never forget one time my teenager said to me, you always try to get me in the car because I can't go anywhere. And I was like, yes. And, you know, not a lecture, but just like a conversation, like talking about, you know, but you're right, side by side activities, you know, teenagers don't, they're uncomfortable in their own skin, and they don't want to necessarily look you in the eye. And that's just forever. You know, that's just the way it goes. It's just people are going to be more heightened. And I think it's really important that I didn't say this, and I've been saying this a lot, you know, parents need to put their own oxygen mask on right now. So if you're freaking out, we're going to talk about that. But if you're really, really highly stressed, which you could be, 
it's going to be transparent. Your kids are going to pick up on that and it will filter down. So you have to take care of yourself first. And that is something that particularly mothers are not very good at doing because we're so used to being the caretaker. And I'm really, really hoping, Sal, that like one of the things that uh, comes out of this whole experience is that people realize that daily self-care should be something that will remain and is necessary, not just for them, but as a teaching, you know, time for their child and that their children pick up on these skills as well. Because I do see people very positively, you know, doing breath work and, you know, picking up a little heart math biofeedback and, you know, doing some meditation and yoga. And, and these are things that you shouldn't just do right now, but should continue to do because it lowers your stress. Um, and I like to call these tools like stress repellent. You know, once your nervous system is much more regulated, you're not as irritated in the same way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm finding sort of the first week of things, everybody was crazy. But by the second or third week, one of the things that a lot of parents, not just parents, but a lot of people are doing is turning the news off. That yep. seems to be a very concrete way of helping to modulate the stress because you're you're controlling the the flow of information. Yeah. And you can, you can do that, you know? So um, I've always been a newspaper reader for that very fact that I could look at a headline and then be like, Oh, I'm ready for this right now. Or maybe I'll save this at another time or whatever it is. So, you know, it's important. It's important. And people really have are very valid reasons, you know, fear of illness, you know, fear, you know, loss of a job and, you know, we were able to, at you know, our center, we have a staff 18, we were able to basically keep everybody on except for um, three people. So we were able to do other things, or we are doing other things at this time, because that, you know, I, I did what I could to support my staff. Um, not every business can do that. And it's just a hard time financially for people. And at the same time, there's so many people that are working more than they've ever worked. And at the same, with that, they're homeschooling at the same time. And and that's really, really hard. Like, you know, um, this is a pressure that nobody's experienced, you know, and when you're preparing to work with your kid at home, you know, I mentioned that structure and the routine, and that is critical. And that's really a schedule. Like we have a visual schedule for all, all the days of the week um, for my kids and then um, I go over my schedule with my kid who's doing the work with me at work. And I also let him know when mommy's in this room, you can't come in because <laughs> that means I'm on a live interview. And um, he gets it. He's already been trained. He knows this kind of stuff. Um, but there's been a couple of hiccups where, you know, somebody comes in and, you know, it's okay. And, you know, I, so I told him, he knows the deal. So if you come in and you see that I'm talking, you just back out. Don't say anything, just back out. You know, he's been in quite a few little interviews, by the way, but you know, you just, you just go with it. You don't try to freak out about it because it's just going to create a lot of, you know, these are things that are happening. It's life, right? Absolutely. And, you know, talking about how some people are working even more than they used to. It's 
other people are working while balancing having their kids at the same time in in a different way. There's just everything is so novel. And I think uncertainty is a big factor. And you've started to talk about how to set up routine, but I'm wondering if you can maybe give a few other thoughts about that or some advice to parents, given everyone's uncertainty and how different everything is. Yeah. And, and, you know, this is not just for parents to set up for your kids. This is really even for yourself. You, you really need a schedule. You got to have it. And on your schedule for yourself and your child, you put everything in. Like I literally keep forgetting to eat lunch. Like I know everybody's talking about Corona 15. That's not going to be me because I'm like, just has a different routine. So I'm like, Oh, I I keep forgetting to eat lunch. Like it's happened to me at least 50% of the time. And then three 34 o'clock rolls around and I'm like, why am I so hungry? And then I realized I never ate. So I'm like, okay, you know, and make sure you have lunch on your schedule doing exercise breaks are on my schedule. And it's the same thing for my kid. Um, super important. And then, you know, like, okay, so I a big gym person. So I used to go um, 90 minutes to two hours, three times a week. So I don't have that. So I had to restructure that. And, you know, right before what was I doing before I hopped on this podcast is I was working out. So you got to make sure those pieces that are there need to still be there. And, you know, your child of all ages and your teenager may resist a schedule, but you'll have to negotiate a schedule with them because we all benefit from structure and routine. And when it's not there, we can feel anxious and people might say bored or whatever. They might start social scrolling and, you know, doing a lot of excessive media, um, you know, watching or engagement, um, you really have to be careful because you go down that rabbit hole. And, uh, you know, not to say that you shouldn't, you know, listen to a podcast when you're working out, or I was even watching a, a training in one of my Facebook groups this morning when I was on my treadmill. Um, but <clears throat> I would have always done that kind of thing. So, just don't spend the entire two days Netflix binge watching every show known to man. So I think people are moving on from that, but some people aren't. And it's very easy to, you know, when you're not physically moving and, and many people in the United States can still walk outside their um, homes, right? Some people really can't. If you're living in the middle of New York City, you know, most people are trying to stay inside. But when you're moving, it creates positive energy. And for mental health, you know, that's incredibly important. Whether you have an existing condition or not, you need to get the lymphs moving. You know, when we, we know a certain amount of activity, um, as little as 30 minutes, three times a week, um, can reduce symptoms of ADHD. I mean, you know, really, really can help for productivity as an employee, but, you know, just to preserve your sanity, you know, there's a lot of funny memes, drinking memes going on right now, you know, not the greatest thing. (laughs) It's not um, the best of coping mechanisms. We already all know that, you know, I'd rather you learn, you know, master green smoothies right now. That would be a much better choice. So we should be doing a lot of the things we hopefully are typically doing to keep ourselves sane, but it sounds like we need to be more planful or deliberate in things like scheduling or our exercise or even eating lunch. 
you know, and so true because we had a schedule, right? Like my schedule was set like, you know, seven days a week before this, this is the way it was, even though, you know, the only thing that ever got in the way with my workout was if I was traveling. And even when I was traveling, I made sure that every hotel I stayed in had a gym and I was there. So you have to put that there. It's just going to be a lot harder to jump back, right? Like we're like, we don't know, you know, part of the fear, the uncertainty is also not knowing when this is going to end, right? Um, And so it's a great tip and a tool and it will really help with parenting. I can tell you that when I go off schedule, that's when I have meltdowns for my kids um, they, they like that there's a comfort, there's a predictability. And, you know, one of the biggest determinants of stress is feeling like you don't have control. And so by putting control, giving, you know, giving yourself control, showing children how they can take control, you're going to reduce those anxious feelings. Many of us are now, uh, on our screens more. And I was sort of thinking about that as you were just talking about how we're using our, our screen time to sort of give us that structure even more perhaps than we did before we were all uh, sheltering in place. So I, I'm wondering if you have any thoughts about screen time, particularly as parents for, for their kids, because a lot of parents now are using the screens e- even more as sort of a babysitter because they have to be working. Yeah. Well, first, I want to say, like, give yourself, you know, forgive yourself. Because you got to do what you got to do. You know, you need to make sure you're paying your mortgage and the groceries and everything else that you have to do. So if your kids have to pop on a movie while you do uh, a Zoom conference call with your boss, that's what's going to happen. And you shouldn't feel guilty about it. But some really good tips, literally like, like outside your door that you've closed, right? I'm in a room in my house that has the best lock. And, you know, I'll put a sign that says, um, instead of knocking on this door, you know, get Legos, grab a snack, play with the cat, read your book, give them concrete options. Your teenager will burn that and rip that up. But (laughs) absolutely, they will. But, you know, I usually just do tell them in advance, you know, like this is what we we need to do. But um, screen time, you know, to me has always an earned privilege. So those same rules should apply if you can. Right. So, you know, you want to have an hour screen time, then I need you to do this, this and this. And just like, you know, you would any other time, you don't give it to them before they do it. Right. Like we don't get our paychecks before we do the work we get it after. And really be explicit. I think, you know, communication in any relationship breaks down due to two different expectations. And, you know, you can think this and they can think this. um, But if neither one of you have said it, oh boy, you're going to get a lot of disappointment. And that's why a lot of friendships or love relationships fizzle out. Um, So, be clear, you know, if you have to have a family meeting about what the screen time is, then do that. But if you're really, really limiting screen time, you have to provide them options. You can't just say, go figure it out. You know, you're going to have to say, okay, well, I'm pull- let's go through the games. Let's pull out the games that you want. Okay. Do we have all the art supplies you want? 
Um, you know, do fun stuff like, you know, have a Amazon box challenge, you know, um, you know, we're doing, we always did a lot of cooking in our house. I didn't need to stock three months worth of food. It's automatic in my house. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so we're doing different cooking things, you know, and then everybody has to participate or whatever. I mean, I've been seeing such creative things from families. Like it's kind of cool. Um, some people are doing like formal dinner or, you know, they are using media to, um, they're using zoom. So like this week I was supposed to be on, uh, my friend invited me to a Seder on Wednesday night and I was supposed to go different time zone. It was late. And my little guy said, mom, I can't be on the computer. I can't, can't get on a screen. So she, I just texted my friend. I was like, my, my kid, he said what I was thinking is don't want to be on a screen right now. (laughs) And she was, of course, like, of course, you know, (laughs) so know your limits. And, you know, I think that's really important, but you know, for parents that have to work, and they need to have their kid, you know, like I literally coordinate like, okay, you're going to do this while I'm on this, right? You know, if you're using a tutor, you know, have the tutor on while you're, you know, on your Zoom call or whatever it is, you know, plan it out. So again, a lot of it is about concrete routine and, and how we just need to be more planful about it all. Yeah. And, and talk about it. Like, just don't spring things on kids and say, well, you should have known that. No, be super concrete, put it in writing and have a family meeting about it. And I think particularly now that's even more important because the kids, our kids are going through the exact same thing we are and we're all going crazy. So we can expect that they are too. And it's Mm -hmm. sort of our job though, to, to oversee and manage all of that. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, they keep saying like, so New York, New York just declared nobody's going back until September it's going to happen everywhere. They're just not doing it because they don't want everybody to freak out. It's going to happen, people. So getting a routine is going to be so helpful. And it'd probably help you in the summertime where, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in the summertime or kids going to camp. Let's hope they are. Absolutely. And when you talked about the schools, when you mentioned the schools, that made me wonder uh, or reminded me about something I've been wondering about, which is what do you think is going to be almost the developmental impact. Uh, For example, for teenagers, our teenagers should be out more. They should be driving around. They should be going out with their friends, you know, building that sort of independence and autonomy. I'm curious what you think will kind of be the developmental outcome or even what the impact for schools starting in September might be. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a lot of pieces in that. So I think, you know, the impact for schools in September we have no consistency in education right now and everybody is doing the best that they can, right? This was not anything that was planned for. I can tell you this after this, every school will have a backup virtual plan in place, right? So for me, I feel like my kid who's getting six hours of instruction via zoom is pretty good. Like there's not necessarily a huge loss for him. Other kids, might be doing an hour of work a day. So as somebody who's a homeschooling parent, what I want to talk about is kids potentially, most kids are going to be behind and lagging in certain areas. And schools are going to have to work on that. And we don't know what the long-term ramifications are of that. And that's just a part of 
coronavirus. When World War One and World War Two happened, kids didn't go to school either, right? So that's not the same, but that's probably your only comparable thing. So, you know, we have to say, okay, my kid didn't grow in this area or even fell behind because some kids will really regress, particularly our learning disabled kids. So what I would think about and not rely on the school for is how can you use the months ahead through the summer on your own to continue to sharpen those schools? Can you do some online classes? There's all kinds of free things. Do you need to make sure you're doing reading, writing, and math? Those are the three key key pieces. But does it have to be just reading or writing? Can you do science, right? As a former homeschooling, you know, for four years when I homeschooled my son due to Lyme disease, everything was science and history. So all areas were taught through that and, and, uh, through that content and he loved it. So think about what you can do to keep your kids skills moving forward on the developmental side with kids and independence and teenagers. I think teenagers will snap back in. I think teenagers are going to be like, boy, did I miss my friends? Um, I know some teenagers are not abiding by social distancing right now. Oh, that's a whole conversation in itself. I don't know if parents are not are letting them out. I don't know what's going on. We had to close down all of our parks in our town because kids were not listening. So, you know, it's normal for kids to break the rules. It just is. But this is much more serious and parents need to have that kind of conversation and they need to help help them find ways to stay connected. Maybe it is giving them more time on, um, the, I'm using Minecraft, but a server where the kids can actually interact or some other fun kind of thing, because that's the only way that they can. I mean, this is what, when we were teenagers, just like our teenagers, they want to be social. They want to do stuff. So I'm hoping that people will have a renewed sense of spirit. You know, I'm not hearing about teenagers bullying each other right now. So <laughs> I'm hoping that kindness will transcend this because people are being way more generous and kind right now. Like it's a lovely, lovely thing. That's what sort of this time reminds me of, of, of a connection, right? Um, and I think some people are embracing that. They're just fine in their stride and that's okay. And it shouldn't be perfect because it's never going to be. So you've been talking a lot about uh, routines and how to be mindful or planful about them, as well as sort of how to help our kids manage the stress and anxiety they're going through, uh, and maybe even build connection more among among us. Uh, I know that you also have a lot of interest in in nutrition and lifestyle issues, and I wonder if you have any thoughts about how we might be able to build on that. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, you are what you eat, and nutrition and is so important for brain health. And so many people, you know, 54.2% of US children have a physical or a mental health issue. And parents are always sort of told, oh, you know, if there's not a pill for that, you know, not much you can do. And we know that to be not true. And so nutrition is the basis, right? So getting nutrients in. So people get really hung up about nutrition because they're like, oh, I have to give up this and I have to give up that. You know, really what it's about is putting food in your body that will have high density nutrition 
to make your uh, neurotransmitters work better. Um, there's just so much you can do. And sort of a general diet would be an anti-inflammatory diet, which is really increasing fruits, vegetables, uh, non-dairy protein, and healthy fats. And healthy fats are things like avocado and coconut oil and eggs, ghee, you know, and I use a lot of um, almond milk and nut products and whatnot. And we need this. And so taking this time to improve your nutrition, you're bringing it in the house. So there's lots of great nutrition that you can bring in. Um, and I do very much believe in supplements. We have a lot of genetic mutations. That's a whole other, you know, topic. I have a great blog um, that talks about nutrition for lots of different things for ADHD and anxiety and depression and even immunity for right now. So, you know, people should feel empowered by nutrition, by nutrients, by stress management techniques, including neurofeedback and biofeedback and um, meditation. These are all very accessible things that can support the average person the regular neurotypical kid, but all those kids that have everything from ADHD to depression, anxiety, learning disabilities. It's a long list of, you know, conditions for because kids are really struggling with this today. And I think parents today are realizing there's some great funny memes out right now about parents realizing that the teacher wasn't the problem and that their kid actually is struggling. <laughs> um, and so I hope parents, you know, use this time to try to, you know, increase nutrition and also to think about things after that can help reverse clinical conditions like um, neurofeedback, which has, you know, thousands of research studies and, you know, to do biofeedback and just a bunch of other, you know, psychotherapy, other techniques that could really help your child and parents need to, you know, that's my platform is letting parents know that they can change the way that their child is behaving and learning, paying attention with holistic and very, very effective tools. Well, thanks. There's so much more I'm sure we can talk about. Uh, and I'm wondering if you're willing just to answer a couple of what I'm calling just one thing questions. Sure. Go for it. So what's one thing that people should take away from our discussion? That the one thing that parents should take away from this discussion is that um, there is a lot they can do to support their own mental health and their child's mental health at any day, but especially during quarantine. And I would start with stress techniques. That is the number one thing that they should be doing right now. Great. And what is one thing you're doing to take care of yourself? I, I do self-care every day. <laughs> so um, all the time. But uh, my favorite thing as a woman in her 40s is I use um, a device um, called BRT. And it's a combination of PMF and biofeedback. And it just regulates my nervous system because your body knows no difference between good or bad stress. And I have stress like everybody else has right now. But in my, you know, outside of Corona, I also have a lot of fun stress and um, exciting things going on. So that's really super important. And I just do, I do multiple things every single day, seven days a week to keep my nervous system working healthily so that whatever arises, I can be prepared for it. 
What is one thing you think that this coronavirus experience has changed about us forever? I really think that what is going to be changed forever is that people are going to value health. And as a culture, we don't prioritize health in the same way that other cultures do. And I really believe that after this experience, people will realize I need to take better care of myself and I can. Roseanne, I really appreciate all the information and advice you've shared with us today. And listeners, thank you for joining me during Life in the Time of Corona. You can subscribe to this show at iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. Please rate the show and leave comments. Find out more at my website, saulrosenthalphd.com, and follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Saul Rosenthal. That's Dr. Saul Rosenthal. Dr. Roseanne Kapana Hodge is the founder and director of Dr. Roseanne and Associates at drrosanne.com. That's D R R O S E A N N.com. She's an innovator and thought leader for integrative child health. Dr. Kapana Hodge provides clinically valid holistic therapies for a variety of health issues, including anxiety, ADHD, autism, executive functioning, learning disabilities, Lyme disease, concussion, pediatric mental health, and parent coaching. She is a board member of the Northeast Regional Biofeedback Society and a co-author of the book Brain Under Attack, a resource for parents and caregivers of children with PANS, PANDAS, and autoimmune encephalitis. Also, be on the lookout for her new podcast, The Parent Coffee Talk. Roseanne, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Be well, everybody, and take care of yourself and your family. Absolutely. And thank you, listeners, for joining us. I look forward to continuing the conversation on life in the time of Corona. Corona.